1: Hi, everybody. It's mind-rolling, and I'm with some very special people to me. Well, one of them I've never met before, but he still, he looks pretty special. (laughs) Uh, But uh, my my old buddy and someone who's involved with the Be Here Now Network, uh, Jared Levy. Jared, welcome. It's been a while since we've done any kind of podcasting. Jared does a lot behind the scenes. Say that again
2: good to be back
1: ah yes and and today uh, at the prompting of jared uh we have um uh, martin here um martin Winnicki, is that spelled is that pronounced right rather winyeki Winicki. okay and uh martin is here uh representing uh a wonderful um I, i'm going to say things and you may go wait that's not what we're about, but utopian is the word that comes to mind, an utopian community in Portugal okay. <laughs> uh, called Tamera, and it's a global peace school, amongst other things, I think, and, um, and there's a, uh, a book associated with it called Terra Nova, Global Revolution and the Healing of Love, and there's, uh, it's a very um, fascinating book and has a, a lot of... A lot of materials. It's almost something you just sort of can't read through. You got to pick it up and and you know read a chapter and kind of contemplate it. It's got it's very di- very very deep, and uh, and it has uh, a lot of ambitious ideas, shall we say, to heal a lot of the suffering that is going on on this planet these days, and uh, and some other uh, I- ideas that. Uh, um, are, are really interesting and worthy of discussion that we're going to get into later in the podcast. But uh, Martin, why don't you just, uh, first of all, tell? He was Martin was just telling me, I said, well, you look pretty young. He looks like in his mid-20s or something. Uh, and he said, well, I've been here for 10 years when I asked him. So Martin, how did you get there when you were a kid, a teenager? <laughs> um,
3: first of all, thank you for... This invitation for this podcast. Um, I arrived here with um, at the age of 16, so this was 10 years ago. Um, kind of of a part of a, of a search that I was on um, in my young youth, so to say, looking for a place, or looking for a pathway actually in life where I can have the feeling that my life makes sense that I and that i'm going into an educational path where i can contribute to to the to a kind of world that i want to live in uh, i grew up in germany i was involved with different political movements i was kind of i woke up kind of as 14 to uh, when there was a moment in this part of germany where i grew up with the with the rise of uh, certain fascist movements and i just knew something is going fundamentally wrong and i cannot just go down the path that my parents, my teachers just suggest to me. And so I was I was kind of shaken. And um this led me on a search to to go in touch with different movements, different spiritual groups. And it still and it I I felt kind of um resonance with many things people said, but I still never felt that it that it offered an, an answer to what I was looking for in general in my life. It, I didn't just want to have a little piece that I can engage in, just a political piece or a spiritual piece, but I wanted a different life. And um, and then I got to know people that told me, you have to get to know this place in Portugal. I didn't know much about it. I came with them here. And um, it was an interesting experience, first of all. And it was the, um, it, it brought me in touch with something that I needed really a long time to understand what it actually was. And uh, and it had to do with the experience of community and the experience of being fully able to trust other people. This was, in a way, the starting point. And then what really drew me into Tamara to come here was um, an invitation for a three-year education program for young people and for peace workers from around the world to study in three years everything you need to establish a peace model. And this was the point where I said, okay, <laughs> I'm off. I'm I'm skipping school, uh, and I'm joining this adventure. Hmm. This is how I got here.
1: Ah. And without your parents, right? I mean, so you came there, you were 14 or something, 15?
3: Yeah, I I came here with 16. I mean, at the beginning, I made a deal with my parents um, (laughs) that it would be kind of a gap year um, arrangement. So they said, you go there for one year, then you come back. I came there, I, I completed the one year, and then I kind of, I ended up, ended up staying here, so I didn't I didn't go back in the end. Mm. My parents were freaked out in the beginning; they thought it was a cult. But then, when they got when they when they got to know the place, they they actually realized that there that there was something special, even though they were never like in any alternative kind of like they they're pretty mainstream. But um, they were touched by something um, which they which they saw as authentic and meaningful. And so this was yeah it was okay mm.
1: so all right well tell us a little bit about what uh describe what this community is and uh, I after reading of course about it and and getting uh jared's feedback on it it does hark back for me back in the day when i was uh you know the communities and communes were were a large part mm-hmm. of what was going on back in the late 60s early 70s so but t- uh, tell us yeah. about it what what is this community and what is it composed of so
3: so tamara is a um is a peace research center um so it's it's essentially trying to create um, a holistic model a trying to showcase um what a a new uh, so- form of society could look like um, that is based on trust and cooperation between people but also between people and nature, people and animals, a society that is based on decentralized um, self-sufficient um, forms of life, one that is basically free of any form of violence and um, it, and i mean the 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 project really came. It, it started from this, from the from the attempt of, of the social movements. I mean, ex- also what you just referred to, of uh, also the the movements in the 60s and 70s, where people started to dream about this kind of society. And the founders actually saw that this would always remain a dream unless you actually create um, the um, the life structures, the social and ecological structures that allow people to to co- to coexist. In trust. I mean, trust is such a is such an easy term to use, but it's it's the deepest thing to do because you have to you have to turn around everything um, that our culture has set up. You have to you have to um, re- revolutionize people's uh, way of coexistence, work relations, uh, love relationships, uh, the whole ways of production, uh, the the relation to nature. And so, what Tamara is trying to do is to um, is is it is a place of research, trying to model um, in all these different areas. Um, it's, it's researching on what this would look like to, to coexist in trust and uh, cooperation. And it is, but it is also trying um, to empower people around the world that want to engage in the creation of, of a humane alternative through education. So we are we are educating young people, students, but also partner projects both to the Global North and the South, and it's it's creating a network around the world where further such stations arise. So it's essentially a, a research center, an education place, and trying to inspire um, a larger network. Mm.
1: And this comes from a man named Dieter Doom. Is that correct? I know that there's um, a woman involved whose name I can't remember, yeah. but, but he wrote the book uh, Terra Nova. Uh, is he still alive, by the way?
3: Yeah, he's um 70 he's turning 74 in a few days. Um he he still he's he founded I mean, he was the one who had the vision of the project at first, but then um uh, it was actually several people kind of founding the project including Sabine Lichtenfels, it's, uh, his partner, and, like they're kind of the, they were the main founders in the beginning. Um, And they're both still involved with the project now, running for 38 years. Mm, Amazing.
1: Okay, and then all of a sudden uh, you invite uh, this um, friendly hippie, Jared Levy, to come on (laughs) and pop into it in Portugal. And, I mean, Jared Jared could have been with me in the late 60s, early 70s at one of these communes, so, you know, he seems like a prime (laughs) candidate for... (laughs) this experiment. So, all right, Jared, tell us what happened. You went down there and you, you knew, I mean, you knew about it a little bit. I don't know if you, did you read the book before you went down there, Terranova?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I met, um, I met Martin and, uh, Benjamin, who is, uh, one of the, the other kind of people in, in the leadership there. Um, at a uh, a conference at the United Nations last summer, where it was a, a very inspiring conference called Nexus, um, looking at how there, there's a large wealth transfer happening right now from baby boomers to millennials, and um, how you know these millennials want to um, do good things on the planet, want to use this money to towards purpose, and don't you know don't really know where to put that energy or resources yet, and. Um, uh, Benjamin and Martin were invited there to to speak about Tamera. Uh, it was it was really interesting because, um, you know, we we've been around. I mean, we my wife and I, Jyoti, we've traveled with you to you know India, and we've been I've been to kibbutzes in Israel. I've been around to other eco villages around the the planet. And what I've seen in most of those other uh, places, and and not to completely characterize, but what I've run into is, um, you know, more of a kind of drop out, uh, an expat, you know, type mentality. It's it's like, I don't agree with how society is moving. And so we're going to drop out, we're going to go over here, we're going to all love each other, which usually doesn't work out in the best way sometimes, because <laughs> they haven't built the proper, you know, container. Um, and we're gonna, you know, have solar and, and water and all these things. And then, you know, you, two years later, the the projects kind of sometimes don't go so well, or, or whatever. And, and it but it is this dropout mentality. And and what I love hearing about Benjamin and Martin was and, and Tamara was the um was this uh you know real responsibility that they were feeling to um to to kind of crystallize, as you said, utopia, create this concrete utopia, show that it's possible in one place on the planet, inspire other of these places to pop up, so these healing biotopes as they call them um, to, to pop up and then distribute that information. So it's, it was really the opposite of dropping out. It was saying, I don't agree, but I'm not, I'm not apathetic in this. I have responsibility. And so we want to create, what can that new earth look like? And so, you know, that was the, the meeting that, 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 um, that, uh, that I had with them. And then when I read the book and went deeper on some of the philosophy that was, that laid beneath, um, I was uh I was really, you know, taken back by kind of the holistic model. I mean, it, it's a truly integrated holistic model. And when I went there and what I'd love to hear, you know, Martin even talk a little bit more about is I mean, I was blown away. They've got one of the world's top, you know, solar scientists, this guy Jurgen, that used to be a rocket scientist working in solar. They've got uh this this other gentleman, Barrent, who's working in water retention landscapes, and um I mean it's it's extremely advanced. So in my travels around the world and everything, I, you know, I, obviously, I, I think a lot of us are, have this feeling we're walking around and it's like, you know, something's not right. I mean, whether it's, you know, you see another uh, Trump debate or uh, you're, you're seeing, you know, um, other things going on in society that maybe you don't agree with. There's this feeling that a lot of us are walking around with. And it was, it was very interesting to drop in for three weeks to be in this field, this, that, that they've created there in Tamara. Um, So that was, you know, that was my my entrance into it. Uh, The um, and I I did bring my my wife, who's five months pregnant, which was an interesting experience as well, because, you know, they have a lot of pretty radical. It's built on a radical um, philosophy of kind of love without fear Um, and uh and And so bringing you know my my uh beautiful pregnant wife in in into that as well, and studying some of the philosophy and then seeing some of how they're able to have that freedom uh w- It was an interesting uh experience for us mm.
1: well, let's talk about love because in the uh in the book Dieter talks about destroyed love uh martin why don't you talk about what destroyed love uh means to to uh, everybody and uh that's working what's that idea mm. what's that concept and obviously the yeah. concurrently uh to uh, heal that but yeah talk about destroyed love
3: yeah i mean that's one of the deepest part of our study actually because i mean when we engage in creating uh a humane society, building community is really a, I mean, it's a core piece. It's so much of the, whether we are able to transform this world for the better or not has to do with whether we are able to live together in community. And there we encounter a core wound that um, exists between people and it is a trauma in love. Um, And this... um, Term, I mean, in the book it's called destroyed love. I mean, you could say that um, when you look when you look to when you look to history, um, you see um, what was done, uh, like from the beginning of this patriarchal time um, to the destruction of, um, of of the original matriarchal religions, all the way to to the Middle Ages, the Inquisition. And to today, to the violence that that's, that still happens um, as a as in a way a war um, between between the genders, a war of the of the of the male world against um, the 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 sexual nature and the religious and and the spiritual uh, self-expression of women. Um, it is uh, it is an endless story of pain. And usually, when we think of love, it is something we take totally private. But in fact. Um, this whole um, violence that happened throughout thousands of years of patriarchy it it left um a trace of a layer of um of frustration of 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 anger of um of profound disappointment in the soul of humanity on a on a collective level and so we are we are what we what we face as as um, as the inability to open our hearts or as depression or as addiction or as love sickness or the inability to have relationships um uh, work out, it is actually the consequence of this of this collective trauma. And so this is this is a core understanding that um there's this phrase in the in this project um saying there can be no peace on earth so long as there is war and love. And this means above all there can be no peace in the world so long as we are not able to really um free love from fear. And embedded again in in a life of trust
1: mm. yeah, you talk also he talks rather about the morphogenetic uh, field of fear uh, and uh, and turning to trust as a as an antidote to that, yeah, talk about that, explain a morphogenetic field, mm. probably
3: <laughs> yeah well, I mean that's a term. Kind of introduced by the by a British scientist called Rupert Sheldrake, oh, yeah. who was who was trying to make sense of of um, of evolution and how um, kind of these leaps, evolutionary leaps happen, where um, kind of new developments are introduced, and it was he really came to this understanding that it, that evolution is not just carried out kind of by individuals, but that there is this kind of field that there is like this invisible informational field that connects all the individuals of a species and I mean of, a, of the biosphere um, as a whole and um, and so um, you have you have um, this this field um, kind of steering people's thoughts people's uh, behaviors um, people's actions and so after uh, after thousands of years where you, where you kind of um, imprint over and over the same types of violence, uh, where you repeat the same um, experiences of war, of, of, of escape, of um, um, destroying um, all the things that people loved, um, morphogenetic fields, so, so a global um, informational field. Of, of fear arose. So this is the, even children that grow up in very protected s- surroundings, at some point, they get, they get, um, kind of inf- in, infected, um, by, by, the, by this information of fear, simply because they live in a world that is, that is filled with the information of, of fear. And so what, um, what we are trying to do is, is actually, is to create a kind of, um, we also call Tamara a greenhouse of trust, so to build a, a place, um, where you can break, um, the patterns of violence by creating a structure by creating a, a, a societal environment in which trust is possible again, and thereby we have the hope that it this cannot only um, then be of benefit for the small group that lives in this um, in this in this little uh, place but that this can um, if it is done in this in in, necessi- in, the, in sufficient depth and complexity that this can uh, help. Create a morphogenetic field a morphogenetic field of trust, which can then replace um, the existing field of fear and violence mm.
1: I guess I, uh, in my own background being you know very much from the east, uh, I would say that what uh, terms I would put it in would possibly be around karma, and we have certain um, predilections. That we engage with, and creates this karmic patterns that uh, that are, are maybe really uh, uh, another way of talking about um, you know, morphogenetic, uh, creating this morphogenetic field of fear or morphogenetic field of trust and love, mm. and uh, so these karmic patterns, uh, the way I understand it, get created by our uh, actions. Um, I how does this group how do you how do you deal with w- individually working on oneself because in my understanding of of how it works uh, to create something like you are trying to create is to change something inside each one of us to enable that creation to happen how does how mm-hmm. does that how do you address that with people that come to the uh, community.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um because also the concept of community can be misleading sometimes because people think of collect- collectivism right away, but actually it's something um where um kind of the individual informs the community and the community informs the individual. So, um and there's also this kind of understanding that so much of what um what makes me as an individual what um who i am what kind of potential i unfold how i think how i act in a certain situation um is shaped by the by the environment in which i live and of course um this this is not to say that we shouldn't engage each one in an own kind of individual ethical and spiritual commitment to transform ourselves but above all um the, the the work we're doing is to create um a kind of social setting that um has where there is so much trust that that individuals um will kind of naturally want to um kind of take down um the patterns of defence, of attack, um and, and come to a to an kind of ethical behaviour where they want to support others. So this is um like the creation of a of a, of a of a of a social setting where where like fighting and and competition have no advantage anymore because because the because the level of mutual support the reality of trust is is very strongly established and this has a lot to do with uh with the social practice of of um radical transparency so this is this was a core in of, of the um has been a core and still is up to today um, where the people who moved into this project did it with the with the vow, and in the beginning it was an experiment to say uh, everything that happens in me, um, I'm, I'm ready to to reveal what is what is going in, inside of me, so that I no longer need to hide, but that I can I can really trust the other, and um, and this ex- and this kind of experimentation led to the understanding that actually we are so similar in both our light and our shadow sides, and if we open that up. Um, of course not in a in a sense of being forced to and controlling one another, but in a sense of real trust um this this is a, this is a, a catalyst of transformation mm. and we have developed certain social technologies to to facilitate this in a in a protected way um this is this is really a core of the of the of the transformation that that community allows and um and still there would be much more to say i mean people also walk an individual spiritual path um there are certain ethical guidelines that are kind of committing for everybody to live here so this is
2: um just a little introduction
1: yeah it's is there the, would, sorry go ahead
3: i
2: just want to add, i mean it's it's kind of interesting there's so you know i live up here in the in the bay in san francisco and Uh, after I met Benjamin and Martin, they were actually on, um, they were, they did a couple, uh, what they called love schools out here. Uh, Sabine uh, Lichtenfeld, who he mentioned, and Benjamin and others came out and did these love schools around the Bay uh, in Berkeley. um, And I I think there were a couple of them. And there's actually one coming up this weekend in Esalen. Um, And people, I mean, you know sold out waiting list like people you know I I heard many people that couldn't get into it were you know really upset that they couldn't so it's it's interesting to hear the the um a lot of the concepts obviously that are coming up around Tamara and these social technologies that that they have um you know uh that they've been working on 40 years and that I actually you know uh, that we took part in over there, I mean, there's a real desire and, and want for it over here in the, in the West and it, and in, um in particular in the United States. So, and uh you know, there's even to go as far as there's groups, I mean, many communities here in California that have, you know, houses and kind of smaller community type environments that are coming together and um, looking at, at forming a, a healing biotope on, you know uh in it's somewhere in north america um as a as kind of a second research center uh from Tamara that Tamara would help mentor uh, as they're doing with you know some other Communities around the world right now. So it's it's been interesting to see like you know uh, this is going on at Tamera. They're researching this, and now they're actually you know not just uh, forming this this healing biotope in Portugal, and 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 really that's still you know work in progress as they would say, but uh, starting to take some of these outward and seeing the reaction uh, in the United States is it's pretty fascinating. And I, I hear people talking about it all over the place here. You mentioned love school and everyone, you know, they, they, it's juicy. I mean, people want to talk about this stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I go back though and say, you're, you're talking about transformation. You're talking about trust. You're talking about unconditional love. Although we haven't mentioned that a, a love that's beyond the business that of people in relationship. Uh, I Uh, I guess it's hard for me to grasp uh, this, any of this, without that individual actually doing the kind of work that's necessary for that person to transform, to trust themselves to start with. Because unless you trust Uh yourself and you're unless you have that self-honesty, there's no way that you can reach out to anybody and have any kind of a uh, profound transformation with another human being so I guess um, I, you know I keep hearing of the external and I I, I I really do wonder about the in terms of the education and so on is there education around you know our biggest byword today mindfulness which means a lot mm-hmm. of things to a lot of people but in a general way it certainly is about awareness it certainly is about meditation being able to develop that that true nature inside yourself that the the Buddhists talk about yeah. so where does that lie in this whole thing that's that's my question
3: well there is really i mean i was i was just pointing it out um to show that um actually not to not to say that um it's just about working on the external level but in a way making the the image, the picture of spirituality more more broad because it in the end Spirituality involves everything you do, and still, um, I mean, in the core of Tamara, there is, there is, a, there is a, an education place um, that is dedicated to, to exactly this, to the, to the, to the inner transformation and to opening up to the, to the universal or divine potential that um, we human beings carry inside ourselves, and to the. We, we we often call it the inner shift like the the turn we have to do in our in our thoughts in our actions in our reactions necessary um to to embody this potential and so this is um this is um this is through mindfulness this is through consciousness work it is through um becoming witness of of what we are actually thinking and doing in our in our daily lives um and there's also another part that really has to do with um with finding um i mean almost back to an indigenous source of of uh, realizing again our relatedness to all of life as a as a form of of reconnecting so there is another um research area that you could call it um that that it's uh, spiritual ecology where we where we are trying to get in touch with um with the with the animated aspect of of of, of um, the earth of plants of animals mm-hmm. and to realize that we are part of a, that what we are is um is the is 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 the relationships with all else and so this um this is another like these two research areas are really um they're really essential to to Tamara to Tamara's existence, and to the to also to the inner cohesion of the community.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, you, there's one chapter here that's called Toward the One in the book. Uh, all beings are interconnected in one existence and one consciousness. All beings carry the same elementary information of life in the nuclei of their cells. All carry the same basic mathematical structure in their genetical all beings strive for contact and unity toward the one. Uh, in this unity, a religious component is at work. I prefer the word spiritual because of that word religion, which for some people is tough, as well as God. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is very much you know, everything that I personally have come to understand in my work in the early days Um with the psychedelics, obviously that was the opening of th- the door and Then, in my meeting with this particular um, um, realized being in India, which uh, I think you know who Ramdas is, and he met this uh-huh. being, and many of us went over and met him as well and uh And that was a direct um understanding of this interconnectivity. What uh, I I'm just I'm just curious. Obviously, Dieter, there's many many uh, analogies in this book with Eastern thought. You know, from Mm -hmm. Anand, joy and bliss and so on. What was his experience? Um, Did he spend time in India, or is this through study? What uh, What (laughs) uh, prompted him in this way?
3: Um, He was in India, but not. Like not very extensively um, I mean it was a whole um, it was a whole lot of different things i mean he was he was trained as a as a psychoanalyst and he went really deep into into exploring the inner realm of of humanity um, as a as a as a as a practicing um, psychoanalyst He was really shaken at the time back then um, By by the political situation, by Vietnam, by the necessity to really break out of the of the patterns of of conventional life, and then being being shaken um, on this level to really find a new form of life, he went into into all kinds of experiments. I mean, he. I mean, yes, also of psychedelics this was a, it was a strong part um, oh, really? for him to realize kind of what he describes as the sacred matrix, as this parallel universe of, of interconnect, interconnectedness. But then it was also the strong research of uh, trying to find ways how the the the, the 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 other reality that he would experience on psychedelics, how he could experience it without it. Um, and so, in the beginning phase of the project, they did all kinds of experiments um, to, in a way, to, to 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 tap into this other reality, like things like um, they called it Lake Olympics, for example, in the winter, where they would have a contest of who's who could stay longest in ice cold water, mm-hmm. and realizing that um, if they would if they would be able to connect with this um uh, with uh, with this divine power that they could break the um the borders of where i met, um doctors would say like, after twenty minutes you're you're definitely dead and and but they stayed in the in the in the water for thirty five minutes so so they they did a lot of experimentation to really bring this down um in a sober space also with arts so um with theater with all kinds of forms. And it was actually the realization that this is, this is a reality that is always there, that there is this guiding, this principle of guidance, this principle of self-organization, of, of self-healing, that this is just part of life. And also they had the experience of um, that even severe illnesses that occurred in the community, that they could heal it through um, creating spaces where people could deeply shift from, from fear to trust. So even diseases like cancer would dissolve. So it was it was an ongoing experience um, all the way to today, where um, there are experiments in spiritual communication with with wild animals that would destroy our fields and to realize that on a level of prayer we are actually able to reach out to the to the spirit um, of, of these beings and they would change their behavior. They would start to cooperate. There would a conscious communication would begin. So in a way, the whole project is a history of of a window that opened in, into another reality of life that has tr- strongly to do with this interconnectedness of all that exists and realizing that it's an endless discovery journey that just keeps on growing and sometimes it's even the feeling that we are still at, just at the beginning of, of stepping into this into this new world.
1: Hmm. What's your experience, Jared? Uh, once you were there, you spent a few weeks there. What, uh, what are, in terms of your your perspective, your inner perspective. Your I know this fits so much with your philosophy, knowing you as well as I do, that this is like a tea for you. But um, what what was your actual direct experiences as you became involved uh, on a day to day basis uh, during that time?
2: Well, um, as as you know, I mean so I heard this quote when I was there that, um, that I, that has really stuck with me. It's our spiritual duty to be joyful and to use our unique gifts to benefit all. And, um, that's how I try to live my life and, and being in that field there. I mean, there is a palpable field there that is created. I mean, it's, it, it brought, it, it brought me into thinking about, um, you know, in this kind of uh, in, in in moving towards a, a better way of life, there's, you know, resonance holders and there's and there's activists uh, in this movement, in these movements that are happening. And I would say that Tamara is both. You know, there there's there's a resonance holding that is going on there um, to drop into is is just uh, fascinating. And it's, it's a radical experiment in what you know, uh, what this, this field of trust can look like, uh, what, you know, and for, for, I, I love Sabine. I mean, what she said to, to my wife and I, when we were leaving, um, she said, you know, we don't expect people, we, we would say for people to come visit Tamara, like you're going to visit some tribe out in the Amazon. You know, it's it's like you're you're not coming like you're not you know, don't put the you know bone in your nose and start dancing around the fire like come and observe a little bit. It's like you know it can be dangerous to just drop in and think that you know you're living it out in society and then you just drop in for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you can you know be enlightened um in into this way of life. So for me, there was a palpable field. Um, it, I was like a kid at a candy store in terms of, I was a part of the thinking school, so every day there were these amazing talks around, you know, for instance, what is our, what is the world view around our connection with animals, our communication with animals, and I'm seeing it there. I mean, they, when he's talking about this cooperation with animals, I mean, the, the, uh, there's chickens there that are, you know, and, and foxes and living in the same uh you know the same area that the, fo- the foxes aren't eating the chickens you know uh there there's wild boars coming through not messing with their with their fields uh they there there's a, a a place where they're cooperating with rats in in you know communication with with uh rats and this is a place of study you know um it, it was it was really fascinating one of the things that I'm most fascinated by and i I mean, I could go on for forever because it is a T question for me. But what I what I'd love to hear Martin talk about, because one thing that really fascinated me was the um, love and water. Um, You know, there's this real this this um, very core uh, foundational belief around (laughs) healing water on the planet and especially being here in northern California right now and what we're feeling with with the drought uh, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the healing of of uh, of water and and you know the connection between love and water as as you all see it. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, as I mentioned, the goal of the project since the beginning has been to create an example for a decentralized and self-sufficient um, community. And I mean, living as we do in a in a place. That is also affected by drought in a way like almost exactly the same like it is in california um it seemed really hard to imagine how this could work um and around so about 10 years ago we we got in touch with an ecological ecological visionary uh, from austria called sepp holzer who uh, came here and um kind of brought us this vision of creating what he called a water retention landscape. And so for the past 10 years, we have implemented this. It's still not fully completed, but it's been completed quite largely, uh, implemented quite largely, um, where a simple measure was kind of put in place to um, to create lakes, water, so we call them water retention spaces, um, in the valley where the rainwater would fall in the winter, um, to be able to stay on the land, to sink into the ground, to refill the aquifers, and to kind of nurture the land all throughout the year. Um, and where the water is not just you know rushing down in winter causing floods and damages, and then in summer you have you have, it's, it's totally dry and you have drought and everything is is, is, um, is dying out basically. But you again create a permanent water situation. And the effect this measure, implementing this measure, had on our land was incredible. Um, It was like um, a revelation of seeing how fast nature is actually regenerating itself, how quickly trees grow again, how you can create fields around these lakes uh, where so much food is growing, uh, how wildlife is returning. and we really saw the possibility of how you can, how you could restore um, nature, how you could also repair the damage that uh, uh, we've been doing. And then we got to know people who who did similar things, even on much larger scales, in India and Slovakia and China, seeing how um, doing this um, kind of water retention landscape on a, on a bigger scale. Even changes the climate patterns, so where it 's not only possible to adapt to climate change but to restore um, climate change and um, and I think what you were trying to <laughs> point me to was this analogy of seeing that um, when you when you look to the social situation that um, the kind of um, you have a very similar situation where in our culture through the destruction of um, now looking on the ecological side through the destruction of forests through the to the destruction of um the natural system um the water that comes down as rain um falls on on a bare ground there is not any more this this fertile topsoil layer that can really take in the water um where it can kind of refill the ground but it just becomes violent it, it rushes off it destroys everything and then there is nothing left it's like a depleted field and where um the, we, like we, the more we studied uh, the ecological situation, we see it's actually exactly the same, because community is lost as this fertile topsoil layer that allows the powers of eros and water that kind of come in um, to to land and to find calmness and to um, to move in the way they actually want these uh, high life powers within people. They become violent, they destroy, they create um, they create floods um, of 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 a violent power um, and where we can also see that in both areas it's really to, it's really to create vessels that um, hold these powers in a way that they can move freely, that they can move um, in a held natural way. And so it's actually fascinating to see that in bo- that in that uh, you know water is so central to nature, love is so central to the human being. And that in both areas you have to, you have you can make visible the same pattern.
1: Hmm. That's a wonderful and I would, analogy.
2: I would, just, I would just add as well. I mean it, it's it's pretty it, it's fascinating. You know when you look at there, there's this whole field of study now called biomimicry. You know where. Uh, looking at how how we in our uh, even planes we've looked at you know um, how swans are in flight and and design planes off of this and things, and and what I saw at Tamara that was really interesting. I mean whether it's the water as as Martin eloquently put there, or um, I mean the work they're doing with with solar energy and uh, energy autonomy really. Um, it's about taking the harm out of the system they're really looking at every single system that you deal with in, in in your existence and say how do we how do we take reduce the harm that is going on in that system and there's a feeling um you know one of the women there was was telling me about there's uh and I noticed it myself that when you take a shower and you know that water is coming in and it's and there's been no harm in that system, there's a power that you feel. I mean, it, it's a it's a very palpable Feeling—it's like when you're eating food that you know is organic. There's no harm in that system, and you really consciously think about the the planting of that seed and the watering of it and the growing and and throughout the whole system, people were paid well, you know, fair trade, the whole thing. And then you put that in your mouth and you and you chew it and you think about that. There is a there is a palpable uh, feeling that that awakens inside you. That yeah. it's it's sensual, you know. Um, and, uh so I, I would just say they' are they're, they're looking at that in 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 every single aspect of life and one that i that I do not want to let martin off the podcast without talking about when we were there there were two births um within a few days of each other okay. and, and and the the you know be, being a first time i'm gonna million to being a first- time dad we have a you know baby coming baby girl coming in January that we're really excited about to see how birth the birth process was handled in this community was was absolutely incredible it it was unbelievable and um i you know there was i mean 150 people from the community in the room with this woman singing you know and well i mean it's out of this world it was like nothing you know martin maybe you can talk a little bit about I mean, I you know, you could go on forever about the way that you all raise kids yeah. and look at, you know, death and dying, which is another subject that's, I know, very near and dear to, to uh, Ram Dass's, um, you know, uh, organization and whatnot. But maybe the, the birth thing, because we got to witness two yeah. of them, was, was amazing.
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, the basic thing is that
3: when you really live community, then the things that like the sacred things that usually you can only share in a very small um, protected circle they mo- you they' are more and more gross the courage to to live them with with the community it's like it's like a certain tribal sense almost where that that it comes back and I mean this birth that you just mentioned it was really it was such a sacred moment where um, a woman um the one, the mother who gave birth to this child she was so um she was so full of love and uh, trust uh, um being in this birth moment she she really invited the whole community in to participate in this moment and it was um it was a, it was a, a sacred moment of of ritual of of celebration um where I, it, for me it was really like re- remembering like the feeling aha, this is how it felt to be part of of the original tribes where where everything that happens in life, the birth um, the initiation, you know everything all the way to dying it 's not you don 't put it in, into some corner, but it 's part of your life, and so you, you participate in it. Mm. And um, this is really a sense, also of. I can say personally, this is a sense, also of of richness I have in my life because I don't need to own everything personally. Um, you know, being um, I don't need um, I don't need to you know to to be a father myself necessarily to 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 participate in 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 a, in a birth or or to to be uh, to be with children um, or to be you know. No, know, To have a certain profession, but it has—it's the feeling. It is part of my life because it is part of the community I'm I'm in. And this is this is a, this is a. I mean, above all, I'm I'm very deeply grateful for this for this possibility.
1: Have you? Uh, uh, this all reminds me of Island Aldous Huxley's book. <laughs> if you've read that, okay. Uh, <laughs> there's one uh, core. Uh, quote in this book for me uh, and and obviously it represents uh, it has to represent the core of what uh, the community is about and it's a quote from uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross mm-hmm. who actually is of course extraordinarily well known and was a developer of conscious dying did a lot of work with Ram Dass as well um, in its true sense learning to live in the right way means learning love. True love does not make claims of possession or any conditions. To my knowledge, the only thing that really heals people is unconditional love. Love is what gives life its meaning. And that's yeah. the only thing that, that uh, only thing, I mean, the core thing that we took back in our experience with Ram Das and all of us who went to India to meet this particular being was exactly that. And uh, it is is a difficult, difficult thing to attain, obviously. Right. Um, And... uh, I I, that's why I harped a little bit in this conversation in this podcast around the individual work on oneself because if there isn't that no matter of any community uh nothing can happen without that in my experience and I've been in a lot of different communities myself Uh, I've been in one particularly since those days in India where many of us gathered together and are, are still although we may live in different parts it's a you know it's a It's a more ethereal kind of community, but one that comes together often. Um, So uh, there's one, uh, and this is my little uh, chat with uh, Jared before we got on actually last night after going through this stuff and reading. Uh, There's one part that um, I can't grok, as they say in the old days. I can't absorb it. And that's the uh, the whole thing around uh, the sexual part of what uh, liberating sexuality is. That chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I got to give you a chance to you know tell me what in the world one could be thinking where uh, you can uh, this whole thing of getting beyond jealousy, getting beyond possession, and so on. Those things being, um, of course, one side of it, and then. Uh, To me, the reality is, in any of that kind of relationship, um, unless you're uh, in, you know, 2,000 years ago doing tantric practices in India with experts and realized beings who are taking you through that kind of process, without that, in our world today, which is, uh, well, it's a very difficult, polarized world, right? Um, and you mentioned, and this, of course, Dieter mentions a lot in the book about you know, what's gone on, the patriarch, you've mentioned it, the patriarchal world that we live in, what, what the abuse that women get, the inability of men to uh, absorb their feminine, to display their feminine sides, all of that. Yet still, uh, the, the uh, well, you, you should just tell me what, what it is that uh, this concept and how, how you are working with it, which is very mm. difficult for me to mm. to um to, to understand that one could get through the, the natural uh human polarization uh in, in terms of desire. When yeah. there's desire and you've got lust, you know, that does not make for unconditional love.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you kind of describe exactly the like the the reality that um, we live in today, and kind of i mean pointing out what a tricky issue sexuality is, and at the same time I mean you know the when the project was founded, it was um, they only realized by building community what a core issue sexuality really was and still is because um it is so much um at the center of um of a lot of our longings we have as people what we what we think about what we are busy with um why we fight why we compete with others um it it's it's so much turns around um this topic and and the question of whether we are able to live love um on earth <laughs> Has to do how, whether we are able to um, to develop trust in this area, and so above all, it is um, or or let's say it's the, the 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 research on the sexual issue. It starts in a way with the with the acknowledgement that that sexuality is a societal, not just an individual, but a societal issue that requires healing if we want to create a world without violence. I mean, how much. How much um, of the of the of the drive energy that that leads um, to the massacres that are happening in this world today uh, are is a, is a, is in the root a sexual energy which um, runs through a, through a psychological um, system um, where the heart is not able to open anymore, and so. Um, this is actually the first thing that um that in the work of transparency in the work of um of trying to create community we have decided not to exclude this issue but to take it in to to make it uh, an issue that you know where when 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 couples have have issues with each other that we that we don't say oh it's your private issue um and maybe some friends will can speak with, with you but but it is it is not a matter of the community. But first of all, to see this, whatever happens on a sexual level in a community, it will it will impact the whole the whole social system. Um, and and going into it, um, like the pe- the founding generation, they saw that that there is a deeply ingrained cultural schizophrenia in this area, where um, our the understanding in this culture of of love and of, of and of sex has been really mixed up and and confusing um in a way that that people are almost unable to to be really truthful with one another couples break apart because because they live in a system where they are where they are in a way forced to lie to each other you ha- in order to maintain a love relationship with somebody you usually have to hide your the truth um of your attractions your sexual truth and so this is where, of course, it gets really tricky and controversial, and there is also a lot of misunderstanding about the work um, we are doing, because um, because in the, they saw that in order to really cr- to to put relationships on a truthful basis, they would need to create a space where people can can articulate first of all, and then if it generates trust, um, also follow. Um, erotic um, desires that um even if they are not in um, like in their partnership and um and and this was kind of of a journey of trying to um actually heal something in the human heart where we are not divided anymore between this one longing that is so intense that is for intimacy and partnership and the other one that is for for um for wild adventures, for you know, for sexuality, where it, where it, in a way it is, um, it is not about love in in the first place. It is about it is about desire, and and I think so much of the desire that leads us away from love, that makes it an opponent to love. It is not the desire itself, but it is that in our culture, desire has been so demonized, it has been suppressed, and if it it, it there is never a place where you can share desire. Um, in a way that is it, 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 it lands in a trusting surrounding it you can you can maybe do it in a hidden way, um, but it is always the explosive that will that will break a relationship, break a community and, and And the founders of this project said no, actually it is a life energy, it is a divine energy, and if we are able to to offer this energy a a vessel of trust, it can lead to love rather than destroy love. And um and what we are in at the moment is really this is this research of um, of um, of of creating of how people can establish reliable partnerships in such a culture of free love and seeing that on a like that actually these two things are not contradictory either the only thing that that creates the contradiction is is the fear and seeing. Of course, it's the project has existed for 38 years. I wouldn't, I, w- I would not say that we are that we are kind of that the, the issue is kind of solved and you know it's just completed. It's it's still a long way to go, but we see that that we can create a world where where we don't need to suppress our longings, but where following our longings will lead us to this uh, state of oneness of unconditional love um, that you that you spoke
1: about. Okay, we're going to leave it at tricky. Okay, <laughs> this is way tricky as far as... We could have a, a two-hour conversation about this for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, I but. mean, it's,
3: this is just... I mean, it's it's also... It's just... It's it's really a deep issue, and so it's just a little introduction in mm. order to really understand it. I would recommend... I mean, Jared mentioned the Love School um, to really dive into it deeply. Mm.
2: Yeah. I, I just... Um, this is the... You know, this is the this is such an interesting topic as a as a part of the the philosophy and and there. And I think in being, you know, a journeyer on, uh, you know, Raghu, we've been to a lot of places together, and it's very hard for me to conform to any dogma overall completely, right? Or conform to some religion. I was I was raised Jewish, studied Buddhism, was you know n- now Hindu and and whatnot. So I'm some jew Boudou, you know, mixture of sorts, and uh, you know, I would just say that along the journey in our spiritual journeys, we pick up these these you know these things, and then there is a lot here. I mean, it as a, as a stop in anyone's journey to understand some of the philosophies and the things that are happening here at Tamara and in the book Ter- Terra Nova. I think it's it's a fascinating stop in in your journey and. To be a movement builder, whether you're an activist or a resonance holder or, you know, working on your own spiritual journey or your own difficulties in love or, you know, wanting to work on a permaculture project, whatever. It's an interesting stop in that journey. Um, One other thing that I want to just put out there around transparency, Um, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole story because most people who listen to this podcast know about Ram Das's, you know, introduction to Maharaji, where Maharaji really broke... Um, open Ram Das was when he was sitting in front of him and he said, you know, your mom, uh, and, and he said, you were out under the stars last night thinking of your mom, and, and he knew everything that, Ram, I mean, Ram Das looked into his eyes and, and Ram Das thinks, oh, if he knows that, oh God, he knows that too, and oh God, he knows that, and, you know, and all the things that flood in front, and he looked up at Maharaji and he's looking at him with unconditional love. And there was this heart opening that happened that uh. someone could know everything, all his shadows, all, all of that, and still look at him with unconditional love. And what I would say is, sexuality those things aside what tamara is doing is creating a community that is looking at you complete with complete transparency knowing all of your shadow all that and with unconditional love and just to and Mm -hmm. to meditate on that thought that a community can look at you for everything that you are all your thoughts all your fucked up desires whatever and 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 with unconditional love hold you is is an interesting concept and to imagine a world where that potentially where where that could be possible um you know for me that as a takeaway to sit with that has been um has been a nice a nice takeaway for me
1: inspiring sounds Mm. like you were inspired this is great martin and so many wonderful ideas here Uh, The book is available, Martin told me earlier, on Amazon, Terra Nova. You can go through our portal on Be Here Now Network uh, and Mind Rolling and get the book, uh, Dieter, D-I-E-T-E-R, Doom, D-U-H-M. Martin was instrumental in uh, translating and editing the book with a couple of other uh, people. And uh, Martin, people going to a website to check you out, please give us the, the website, check the community out.
3: Um, it's Tamara.org, T-A-M-E-R-A, um, dot as org. well, taran- sorry?
1: Dot org, dot, yeah.
3: Dot org, yeah. Um, and also Terranova.Tamara.org is another mm-hmm. page for more offerings.
1: Yeah, and we'll have all of that up on the page, on the Mind Rolling page on Be Here Now Network. And uh, this has been fascinating, and uh, just the fact that some people—and you know, this has been going on for 38 years—have uh, created this intention to uh, to help uh, heal uh, a very, very uh, disturbed planet at this point, which has become more and more so over these 38 years. Uh, I think is uh, beyond admirable, no matter uh, you know as uh, Jared said, putting aside the whole uh, free love deal, uh, which uh, by the way, I was a big part of back in the day this was a <laughs> so it's not like <laughs> you know uh, but um, again, thank you, Martin, thank you, Jared. appreciate this uh, mm-hmm. it 's been illuminating mm-hmm. and
3: uh, well, we thank ho- you for your questions
1: yeah and we hope to uh, continue this dialogue as as it goes on see you know how the experiment maybe moves over to the states and some of the stuff you're doing here we'll talk about that further uh, in the down the line this is mind rolling we'll see you here on the be dot com, and next week bye bye